Welcome to Group Talk, a monthly podcast conversation from the Small Group Network, focusing on topics relevant to small groups ministries. Whether you're in a church of 100 or 10,000, whether you are a volunteer or staff, we want to support, encourage, and equip you to lead well. So relax and listen to today's program. Welcome to Group Talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takata, your host and the Small Groups Pastor at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village, California. Well, the end of the calendar year is such a natural time to reflect on the past year and consider what we've learned, both personally and in our ministry. And, you know, the Bible talks a lot, especially in the Old Testament, about remembering and the importance of looking back to see God's handiwork, to see His faithfulness in our lives and also in our ministries. And when we're in the thick of things and just middle of the busyness and the tasks that are seem never-ending, it's hard to see the bigger picture of the stories that God's been writing in our lives and the lives of those in our ministry. And so today, we want to invite you to take a little time and look back at 2018 and do a year-end reflection and an assessment. Specifically, we believe that it's helpful to evaluate the year using facts from both soft and hard data, and we'll explain what that means, and then to really consider what has happened on the macro level with your church in terms of the small groups piece, and what's happened in the micro level within your individual groups and how disciples has gone, and then personally for you, um, whether you've met your own personal goals. And so for this special year-end program, I've invited one of my favorite people in small group ministry world, Pastor Reed Smith, and this is Reed's second time on Group Talk. And his last topic, which was a two-part series in 2016 on discipleship through small groups, remains one of our most popular downloads today. So Reed, thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks for having me back, Carolyn. It's always encouraging when you're invited back to do something. <laughs> it's true. So you're one of our twofers now. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about Reed. He's been equipping leaders for effective discipleship making in churches of all sizes and stages since 1996. He currently serves as the group's pastor at Christ Fellowship in Palm Beach, Florida, and he's been working in various discipleship ministries at that church since 2008. He's a contributing author for Christianity Today, smallgroups.com, and LifeWaste Ministry Grid. Reed also has a blog focused on groups ministry and is a speaker and a consultant on topics related to group life. Uh, Reed's been part of the small group network since the very beginning, which was about 10 years ago now, um, and now serves on the lead team as the small group network's director of communities of purpose. Time flies when you're having fun. I know. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Um, and Steve Gladen uh, tapped both of us, and that's when we first met. And he's been a good friend and an encouraging brother in Christ ever since. And so I thought, who do I want to have this conversation and reflect back with? And you came to mind. And so um, here we go. And before we dive in, Reed, let's just say set the stage. Um, what are some benefits to reflecting on the past year? Why is it worth our time? Well, you know, like you mentioned before, uh, remembering is something that's brought up in in the scriptures over and over again. In a way, you could almost think of remembering as a spiritual practice. Mm. It's and it's beneficial. It's beneficial because it reminds us of what the Lord's done, uh, of things that we ought to celebrate, uh, what we can learn from, and then of course things that we can improve upon. Lots of learning growth happens through reflection. Okay, so can you give us a personal example of something you've learned as uh, after a reflection and has changed as a result? Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. On a personal level, you know, I, I just remember uh, thinking of my rhythms of rest mm. and the ways in which I was using my Sabbath time. And at the end of the day, I just, I was not replenished. 
my tank was not filled up. And I realized I just was not optimizing the way in which I was using that day of rest. So one of the one of the things I realized is uh, I was just zapped, you know, and I was just spending more time on the couch than I should have. And I realized I need to get active. I need to get out. <laughs> you know, that's going to be good for me. And uh, and that was a great trigger for me to begin reflecting a little bit more. I actually took up kayaking. Oh, so wow. I became active and just by virtue of getting out, you know, and, and, uh, and, and doing something active like that, it got the wheels turning. And one of my strengths is uh, ideation. And so it kind of, mm-hmm. it fueled that in my life. And it just helped me at the end of the day to become um, more uh, full of life, more encouraged, uh, more ideas, uh, and, and in fact, one other uh, quick thing, just with the with my team, I had each team member create a one sentence job description and then mm. we relate to our goals. Uh, and what we realized is that for a lot of us, you know, we tend to think uh, in, ter- in in broad terms or like the ultimate end goal of what we right. want, but not much as in terms of the things that we have to do day to day, week to week to lead up to those things. And just by virtue of going through that time of reflection as a team, we realized we needed to change our priorities. Oh, that's a great example. The other thing I find helpful with reflection when um, I do sit down and do it is that it kind of gives you an overview that you may not have if you're just dependent on anecdotal evidence and the urgency of how you're feeling in the moment. You may be on a high, you may be on a low, but yeah. that kind of crowds out um, the kind of more thoughtful analysis looking at the year in review, and you can see the highs and lows, um, and then it kind of evens out. So I do think it's, it's a valuable practice and sometimes a little bit scary one. So we want to encourage people to be brave, be honest. It's really only between you and God anyway. He already knows. That's uh, right. And so it's good to ask these questions of ourselves. So, Reed, when you sit down and think about the past year, um, do you have like a structure you work on? Like, what do you focus on? Well, um, you know, reflection, it, it tends to work better if it's in reference to goals, you know. And so so there's three things mainly that my team um, focuses on. We look at uh, what we want to see from a quantifiable way in terms of growth of groups and the number of coaches that we have to group leaders to make sure there's a healthy span of care. Uh, but the third item is uh, is really healthy leadership investment rhythms, making sure that there's communication, that there's connectivity between coaches uh, or community leaders and, uh, and group leaders. And, and what we realized is that uh, a lot of attention was being put on those first two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we realized, boy, if we just focus more on the healthy side, the byproduct will be that uh, quantifiable growth uh, that leadership oftentimes is looking for. So having some of those goals. So that's what we look at. Um, But, you know, you have to know where you're wanting to go and how you're wanting to grow. And uh, and this is where a quote from Rick Warren uh, comes to mind. You have to inspect what you expect. Right. And one of the things I've loved about Saddleback Church over the years is that everything seems to point back to the great commandment and the great commission. Uh, growth is, is really evaluated in reference to how people are expressing their love for God and living out our shared mission together of making disciples of all people. And I love that. You know, I love that line. You just you're so tweetable that you have. What was it? The go and grow. Uh, you said you have to know where you're going. You have to know where you're wanting to go and how you're wanting to grow. And you can kind of chew on that for a while. 
Um, because yeah, you do need both the input and the output measures. I think focusing too much on the output and and ignoring the how is going to get you in trouble. And also the flip, if you focus on the how, but you don't know where you're going, that's not going to be all that useful either. So that's a good a starting point. Um, and okay, so what if um, you are like some of us and you didn't necessarily set specific goals for your ministry or for your team in the beginning of 2018? Um, and so what if you're in that boat? What's, um, how can you help us with that? <laughs> Well, it's like what you said earlier, Carolyn, be strong and courageous, right? <laughs> just dive right, just get started, don't be discouraged. And and one of the nice things about end of the year, like this year in review that we're doing here, is uh, you've got a little bit of a, a running start uh, yes. as you get into the, the new year. And, uh, and one resource that I would really encourage people to check out is Steve Gladen's latest book, planning small groups with purpose, because what he does in that book is he helps you to formulate a strategic right. minute plan with goals. And, uh, and in the book, he presents 20 questions that any small group point person, they would have to answer. They would have to answer these questions. And one of them, for example, is how to measure progress. And he talks about the types of data and how to mm -hmm. acquire, but, but it's such a practical, helpful resource because what the reader is encouraged to do is as they're processing through all of these things that will start or strengthen groups in their churches, uh, they're encouraged to really dream about what their short range and long range goals are. Are there any obstacles to those goals? What action steps are you going to take in the timing that's going to be connected to each one? It's true. That is a great resource. Um, it forces you to ask those questions. It's very granular, like it's nuts and bolts. Um, so I think it's very helpful, especially if you're going to be doing a day away um, in January or even in December um, as or any point where you're going to reboot in some way. Um, it, those questions really get you to have those conversations with your team and your volunteers. So that's a great resource. Okay. So when we do evaluate the past year, um, we have some data, we've got anecdotal stuff, we've got our own options observations. We have um, information that people have given us. How do we distinguish between the various forms of information and then decide how much weight to give to those things? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, uh, there's there's two general types of data that Steve brings up uh, in his book. One is hard data. It's the, the uh, numerical. And then there's soft data. It's more of the subjective description, descriptive or qualitative types of things. And you really need both when right. you're evaluating health on, on any level. Uh, but what I've found is that a lot of leaders tend to default to the things that they can count. You know, it's yes. the hard data, like attendance, uh, or it's how many times uh, a person or a group has done something together, like a service project. And then we, uh, so we can assign a number or check a box. It's more of the hard data. The qualitative things, the soft data, is uh, is associated more with the heart transformation. It's it's the subjective experience. It's what people are going through, how they're changing, how they feel like they're growing in their relationship with God. And it's more challenging to me measure, yes. but that doesn't mean that it can't be, and it's worth the effort. Yeah, so that, I think the qualitative and quantitative for sure. And if you want to hear more about that, um, Bill Willits, who is the um, small group guru at North um, Point, did a podcast last year, at the end of, I think, last year um, in 2017, that's still online. Um, he did an 
amazing job explaining how um, the different measurements work. And mm-hmm. North Point does data really, really well. <laughs> so um, so he just explains the, the value of both just as you have. Um, and so if we want to use an assessment, though, um, and because the qualitative stuff is harder to measure. So let's let's break this down, maybe both soft and hard data when it comes to three areas. And when you and I talked earlier, we talked about how this kind of neatly forms into this lovely triad because, you know, we like triads, <laughs> kind of fits. Um, so let's look at the macro level, which is the church. And on that level, we're talking about church culture. Um, so what are some examples of things to look for and measure at that level to see is the small group and ministry and life in groups a part of the church's culture? What do you look at? That's good. And, and to introduce this, I, you know, I would say uh, if you can observe it, you can evaluate it. And if you mm-hmm. can evaluate it, you can measure it in some way, regardless of what level we're talking about. So at the macro level, uh, this is something where it's more of a, how can you tell when small groups are becoming a part of your church culture? You know, so that's mainly the, the general question you're asking. And, and so I'd say some of those things might be, is your lead pastor and every staff member involved in a small group? Ooh. Uh-huh. Ooh. <laughs> are they involved in, how about this, are, are groups, uh, are they part of the common language that leadership naturally uses publicly and privately? So it's unforced, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be programmed. It's something that just naturally is a part of that internal and public conversation that takes place. Are, are groups integral to explaining your church's discipleship process? Mm. Are they central to the strategy of living out the biblical purposes and stated values of your church? Are they evident in every area of your church life? And are they available for every life stage? So those those are some ways maybe you can detect whether it's in the groundwater of your church. Right. Okay. Wow. That's a lot to unpack. Okay. So you're talking, let's um, talk about the platform first of all, because that's the most visible maybe space. Would you say that's the most influential if it's happening on the platform, whether it's the person, the senior pastor, the person giving the message or the announcements, like what would you look for from the platform side to know if it is in the groundwater? Well, I, I, I do think that that's going to be the most influential because the, the weekend uh, experience is going to be the driver of church culture. And so I think the platform communicators are people that are, again, naturally leveraging the opportunity to recognize and celebrate uh, the transformative work that God is doing in people's lives and the church family as a whole. Uh, and so it's it's just it's woven in in the same way that there are elements that appear every week um, in in a church. So, uh, for example, every church is probably in one way or another, uh, as a part of their worship, time of worship, there's going to be uh, on the front or tail end of that, um, there's going to be announcements. There's mm-hmm. going to be an offering set up. And so, so there's always an opportunity connected with a regular weekend component where I think you could speak to groups and encourage people to connect with God and one another through the community life of the body. That's good. So when you talk about common language, um, what do you mean by that? Other than what's on the platform, what would you be looking for? I think that would be something more of uh, uh, as, as, as people are being encouraged to uh, to grow in their walk with God. They're not being spoken to as individuals, but they're being encouraged to grow together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that discipleship is not an individual activity, but it's naturally 
a communal one. Community and relationships are are just part of the uh, the things that communicators from the platform are naturally encouraging people to do. Yeah, I think that that also shows up, I think, when um, people just naturally share stories. I've yeah. noticed that as more of our staff um, are in small groups and we don't have 100% in there because we don't mandate it, but yeah. as more of them, I've heard more stories show up in staff meetings just naturally and not just to me. I think um, earlier in, in my ministry, earlier when small groups was a, a newer piece of what we we're doing at our church, um, people would come and report to me directly, like, look what I did, look what you know groups are doing. Now yeah. I, I hear it much more shared with one another and not targeted towards the group people, uh, which tells me it, it's more it's more into the culture than just um, our one department owning it. I mean, that, that to me spoke to culture a little bit more as well. Yes. Yeah, in a way, it's like uh, the groups are a natural extension mm-hmm. of how your church is living out its mission together. It's not a department uh, like you mentioned, but it, it's it's and it's just a it's a building block in a way of every ministry area that is the church. Right. So it's realization of that temp of the temple courts and house to house. Right. And we may wish we were a church that was like all in that way and it was about groups all the time. But I think most of us in our audience and certainly you and I live in this world where um, it's a progress. It's a work in progress. And we just try to move the dial a little more each year. Um, yeah. So that there is more of a focus on biblical community. And I think that if you can move that forward a step at a time, um, that's a win when you look back on your year. So I want to encourage people to do that. Um, okay, the second area we called uh, micro, which is in the group, a small groups level. So what are some examples of what to look for and measure um, in that area when we look back? Okay, so I'll, I'll give an example for each one of the five biblical purposes. Oh, so, my gosh. <laughs> Steve would be, Steve Glenn would be so pleased. <laughs> well, there's so much that you can measure, you know, and, and, uh, and ought to. Yeah, there's, it's, I always like uh, uh, to think of looking at the health of a group as if you're uh, evaluating the quality of a diamond, you know, you got to mm-hmm. hold it up to the light and turn it and, and just evaluate it through different, uh, a different lens uh, or different lenses to see um, how, uh, how healthy the group is and if they're growing together. And so in, in one way is how often do group members connect outside mm-hmm. of sure. the regular group? So the entirety uh, of a group's life together isn't just happening in the scheduled times together week to week. You know, there's connection that's happening outside of those times. Um, uh, What percentage of your group members are actively participating in the Bible study and discussion? Mm -hmm. In other words, are you seeing a a greater level of engagement um, on the part of everybody that uh, is a part of that group? Do your group members feel like they can confide in each other, that they can lead, lean upon each other in times of trouble mm-hmm. or crisis. What percentage of your group's time is oriented towards spiritually lost people? Yeah. Uh, and to what do you agree or disagree with the following statement? Our group incorporates creative expressions of worship into every gathering. That word creative so that, might, might, might throw people off right there. <laughs> Yes, those are some. Okay, those are some measurements, and they fit the five purposes. I, I 
I think when we hear stories, this one for the hard measurements, you gave us some of the hard measurements that we can do, like service projects and attendance and that sort of thing. The soft measurements I've looked for is um, baptisms in terms of not just the how many, but more like when I see baptisms happen, um, are, is the group around them? Are they talking in their baptism story? about um, the impact the small group has had. And that has only started to happen probably in the last few years for us. And that's been so sweet because then that also feeds into the macro level when people are hearing that, um, you know, yeah. Or we find out that someone's been at the hospital and, um, and they're like, you know, we don't need anyone from the church to come, like, a, you know, our hospital visitation team, because we're here, the small group's here. Um, and we're taking yep. turns. And so you just kind of see them be um, that support for one another. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing when you see that. In fact, day before yesterday, I, I got a call um, uh, regarding a woman whose husband uh, had just passed away the night before. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it wasn't the woman who was calling. It was her group leader oh, who was calling okay. on that. And uh, and. And she was she wanted to make sure, first of all, that we were aware, mm-hmm. you know, and she and the group were already planning the rally around this woman and just to love on her and to encourage her. But but uh, she was prompting us to reach out and to pray, you know, mm-hmm. with this woman. And um, and so in which which I got to do. But the fact that uh, the fact that the group was ahead of that, you know, and I and I really can't count the number of times when there's been some kind of crisis you know, that that uh, I become aware of on the staff pastoral side, uh, but the group had already, they were the first point of contact for that person when they encountered that crisis in their life, just like this woman, you know, that I spoke with uh, the other day. And uh, and that's, that is, that's a beautiful thing. And so like you were saying, whether it's crisis or, um, or whether it's a bat we're celebrating, uh, that, that's something where groups uh, and community can naturally be woven mm-hmm. into that and, and, and ought to be. That That's going to be something that's just going to come up as those things are being talked about in the church. Right. And if they invited one another for holidays, um, for the time together. Um, here's a side one that I think is interesting. So, Reed, um, you do a lot of consulting and coaching. So, uh, kind of as a side note to this point, um, when you look at your um, group's structure and you look at what we would call coaches or community leaders or kind of that level, the people that shepherd the small group leaders in your uh, ministry model, what do you measure in terms of their performance? Like if you're looking at a coach's performance with regard to the group leaders they have, what are you looking at that they've done or not done? Well, one of those things that we look at is is how they're connected with the group leaders that they're caring for. Sometimes I think uh, one of the more challenging things that coaches can encounter is uh, getting a response back from yes. the group leaders. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, so so when that happens, do do they uh, end up chalking it off, uh, chalk, chalk, chalking it up as just an uh, uh, no response or unable to reach or or do they really end up pursuing that person maybe in another way hmm. um, and so so there's uh it, there's that communication and connectivity uh, that that uh, the coaches are experiencing with every group leader under their care and what is the quality uh, hmm. of those connections um, is it uh, uh, it's one thing if it's if there's an email or a text but are they also taking that time maybe where they're sitting down face to face over a couple 
coffee and there's that more of that personal level connect uh, and even that personal mentoring that's mm-hmm. taking place. So uh, so the coaching isn't happening from a distance, but it's more up close and personal. Uh, they're there you know, for a group time. The group leader is looking to the coach and as more of a mentor type of figure. So it's really that quality of the coach and group leader um, relationship. Right, which is both, as you mentioned, both qualitative and quantitative, right? You can measure how many times they've contacted them or texted them or emailed or whatever. But the qualitative piece is really the critical piece. Like, do they trust their coach? Do they turn to them instead of turning to you um, for stuff, for resources or for prayer or other things? Are they connecting in the lobby? Is there a warmth or just genuine trust? It's basically a lot of what the small group leaders are doing with their members or have asked the coach to do. But that is, as point leaders, part of our job is to evaluate our coaches and our coaching system. So I thought I would just throw that in there, even though you, we hadn't talked about that in advance. Yeah. Well, I, and you make a great point, Carolyn, because it's like what you do expect the coaches to do with the group leaders, obviously, is what we want to be, what we want to see happen with the group leaders and, and the, and the members under their leadership and care. And, and one of the tools that, uh, that I ended up creating here that was a helpful resource for the group leaders was just a card that had 10 self-evaluating questions on it for the group leaders Uh, and where they were being asked, are we, am I, am I doing such and such for Mm -hmm. my group so that they do feel cared for, you know, Mm -hmm. that they do feel like they're connected in or, and there were three general areas. One was connecting, one was learning and one was serving. Uh, There were just three general areas and there were three questions connected with each. And then I would ask them at the end, uh, are they are they mm-hmm. using and reusing that spiritual health assessment that we developed as a church every semester for their group so they would maintain a, a good pulse on um, whether or not they were investing strategically in the lives of the people in their group on a semester to semester basis? That's a great tool to help them reflect. Um, is that tool available on your um, blog or will it be available on your blog? I'd love yeah, to see yeah, it. Please. No, it's it's on there. It's uh, I entitled it 10 question. Okay. Well, nice, simple to the point. <laughs> okay. So we can get a hold of that and maybe um, we'll add that link so you can take a look at each 10 questions now that we've, we've made that available for everyone. <laughs> but it, I think it does help. We need to give them some handles just as we're hoping, hopefully giving you some handles. Okay. So now on the more uh, most micro level on the personal level, which is almost the harder one on self-evaluation. What are some examples of things to look for as we look back? Um, and, you know, maybe some of the staff, some of this, this material, if you're on staff at a church, it may show up in your performance review or it may not. Um, so there can be really personal goals, but also ministry goals you have for yourself when you look back. What kind of mm-hmm. questions do you ask yourself and what do you look for? Yeah, that's good. Um, well, uh, for one thing, I, I'd say this this sometimes can be the toughest thing uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to evaluate. Uh, and I would encourage the listeners don't don't do this level, the personal level, the mic, the the uh, um, self level as it, alone. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though, of course, initially it's going to be more of that self reflection, self evaluation. Involve other people that you love and trust in the mm-hmm. process. Uh, if you're married, involve your spouse. You know, if there's uh, one or two really trusted members that you would want to speak into your life, involve them as well. Uh, so here the general question is, how do I embody the great commandment and great commission in my everyday life? You know, maybe that could be your framework that you begin with. And and uh, one question um, 
that uh, came to my mind for this was, uh, am I closer with Jesus today than I was a year ago? Mm-hmm. And and if so, how uh, does my life reflect Christ more or less than a year ago? Mm-hmm. Is my devotional life habitual? In other words, am I personally compelled to read God's word and pray in such a way that I feel like something's missing in my day if I don't? Mm-hmm. So it's, you see, it's not just a, am I doing X, Y, Z right. each day? It's more of the uh, am I not only doing that, but is there something that I sense is lacking, mm-hmm. you know, if that isn't happening in my life? Does the love of God motivate me toward acts of love and compassion on at least a weekly basis? <laughs> you know, how, how are these things? I'm how glad you said things? weekly and not like daily or hourly. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think any of us could, could claim a daily expression in that way, but, um, but it, it's, uh, uh, how how about this? How am I mindful of God's presence mm. with me mm. on a continual basis? It's like the whole practicing the presence sure. of God, Brother Lawrence. Right. You know, I, am I am I conscientious of the presence of God with me? So, also on the personal level and um, beyond our spiritual well being, which is a lot of the questions you ask, which are so good. What about on the leadership side? We are, t- we are called to a ministry and to lead that ministry. So what are some questions we might use to evaluate our last year in terms of our own leadership and growth? Uh, I think one could be not only the, um, uh, the fruit that you're seeing as a result of your ministry, but do you also see a growth in the influence mm-hmm. uh, that you have uh, with other key opinion makers in the church? Uh, is there a growth of influence? Um, uh, in addition to to the fruit of your of your labor and ministry, are you personally fulfilled mm. in what it is you're doing? Do you feel like you're you're using uh, the at least the majority of your spiritual gift mix? Mm-hmm. Um, are you able to leverage your strengths uh, for kingdom building activity and what you do day to day? Uh, so, but that, but the, the personal fulfillment piece I think is key because when you are operating, mm-hmm. uh, in your gifting and, 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 uh, and close to your strengths, then there's going to be a fulfillment that comes with that too. And if it's not, then if there's not, then that might be a, a reflection moment to dig into a little bit more. Yeah, that's good. And then as far as our team too, if there's, if we work on a team, whether there's greater unity, greater trust, um, yeah. you know, more collaboration. I mean, there's other measures we could look at in terms of our leadership, which is also important. So there's a lot to measure. Um, and before I, we're out of time, but before we go read, I know, um, the communities of purpose are kind of a new thing we're doing at the network and you've been tasked to lead that, uh, lead that venture. So talk to us briefly about what the community's purpose are and how they can help even with something, um, like this. We just talk about reflecting and analyzing. Sure. Well, this kind of goes back to the um, the the point that we've shared a couple times in in this podcast, and that is uh, to not go at it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and communities of purpose are really these peer to peer learning groups that provide the encouragement, focus, and accountability uh, for for people like the listeners of Group Talk. You know, here mm-hmm. really to implement strategic plans to either start or strengthen the groups in their churches. And it, it, t- it takes other people. 
uh, their perspective, their input, their encouragement to do everything that God has called us to do in our respective churches. And so, so communities or purpose are what people will do after they've read Steve's book, Planning Small Groups mm-hmm. with Purpose, or ended an Accelerate Small Group Workshop. It's really the next step, and uh, and it's a way to partner with others who are also reflecting, goal-setting, and improving small groups in their churches. And so it's a great way just to energize you and sharpen um, your own growth and growing groups in your churches. And it's all online, and so if how do you dive into that? Uh, so just go on to the small group network and uh, and then click on the COP, Communities of Purpose tab, which is on the upper right corner of the website there. And then you'll have access to either start or join a community of purpose uh, as that next step after reading the book or, or, or attending a workshop. And one other major piece of our, our Communities of Purpose initiative is our COP forum. And so this is just an online collaborative learning environment mm-hmm. where you can glean wisdom from others uh, who are working at the same sort of things that you are as a small group point. So it's a more, more focused forum than, say, our Facebook group page, um, which I just love because you've got all kinds of people and all kinds of comments on there. And it's so helpful. So, but this is a little more targeted group um, if people want to engage in that. And, Reed, I know you're active on our Facebook page. So if you have any questions or you want to interact with Reed, um, please feel free to do that on the um, small group page. And Reed also um, has his website. It's Reed Smith, R-E-I-D Smith dot org. And he's got um, articles on there about measuring spiritual health. I think there's now, now we've said there's these 10 questions on there as well. (laughs) So so you can connect with Reed um, through that as well. So um, Reed, any final thoughts? Yeah. You know, an an old friend of mine once told me, Reed, if you're too, too busy to, uh, to not exercise, you're too busy. And and I would say this really applies to everything we're talking about with this year in review too. If, if you're too busy to uh, to to reflect, you're not reflecting, then you're too busy. And mm. it's really worth the investment of time to ponder this past year, establish expectations for group health, and decide how you will evaluate your progress in the new year. And uh, in fact, there's a... Um, a a blog post that's going to go up under resources on the Small Group Network webpage uh, entitled The Five Ways to Not Evaluate Group Health. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so you can refer to that maybe for a little bit more on this subject. Oh, that sounds good. Thank you. Thanks so much, Reed, for your wisdom and your time and helping us to reflect. I appreciate what you do for the network and um, just God bless you and your ministry. Thank you, Carolyn. Great being with you guys. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Group Talk, and we will see you next time. Thank you so much, Carolyn and Reed, for your openness about reflection. We pray that you can use us to reflect in your 2018 and strengthen your 2019. Now, speaking of strengthening 2019, let's talk about Lobby. The Lobby Gathering 2019 is coming to San Juan Capistrano, California, March 12th through the 14th. As its name implies, the small group conference is designed to be like a church lobby where you will have time built in to casually connect and learn from some of the brightest small group ministry leaders from around the world. Enjoy the beauty of SoCal in the spring and give yourself a Christmas gift that will not only strengthen your leadership, but your small group ministry as well. 
Lock in this early bird price by December 31st. Just go to smallgroupnetwork.com slash events to register. Small Group Network family, we hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. See you next month. Thank you for listening to Group Talk. We invite you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes and get new episodes downloaded automatically. Also, if you enjoy this program, please take a few minutes to give us a positive rating on iTunes so that other small group point people can find us more easily. We encourage you to visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com to access our library of free resources, connect to a huddle with other small group ministry leaders in your area, read our blog articles, or join us on our Facebook group. Don't forget to use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Thank you for your support.